0: So uh, when you go back and listen to that, I think we start at the same time.
1: Welcome to the Beers and Bible Podcast, a podcast that brings together a love for good beer and Bible discussion. You can find us on Instagram at Beers and Bible underscore. and on Twitter at Beers and Bible P1. You can also email us at beersandbiblepodcast at gmail.com. If you enjoy what you hear on Beers and Bible, please consider leaving a five-star rating and review on your podcast platform to help us promote this podcast. In the words of the Reformer, Martin Luther, Whoever drinks beer, he is quick to sleep. Whoever sleeps long does not sin. Whoever does not sin enters heaven. Thus, let us drink beer. So let's join our hosts, Rick and Patrick, for this week's discussion.
0: Welcome to episode 16 of the Beers and Bible Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Patrick. And I'm your other host, Rick. We are We're Rick Pat- Patrick. Rick Patrick. <laughs> so, we've made it 16 episodes. I think that's the first time we've actually said that that's where our name came from. Like, and we alluded to it in... Illusion is different than just blatant, we, blatantly saying We it. are Rick Patrick. So... Uh, but yeah, welcome. Welcome to episode 16. Uh, tonight, we're gonna move into part 2, finally, of J.I. Packer's Concise Theology. I feel like we've birthed the child, man. <laughs> I know, right? I thought I would know what birthing a child is like, but, you know. <laughs> side, side note, were you in the room for the birth of your children? Uh, yes, I was for both of them. That is a amazing yet equally kind of terrifying experience true story true story well so ours were ours were c-sections oh uh still equally terrifying oh i'm sure it is anyway let's not give too much away of course how many people know, know that anyway like six people and they all listen okay. to the podcast already. Dude. So, all right. Cool. We're going we're gonna to have our first curse word on the podcast. You ready for this? We tried real hard. Are you looking at the cap? Yes, the I point? am. Okay. All right. <laughs> so uh, tonight we are trying a chocolate peanut butter porter from Duclaw Brewing Company. And the name of it is Sweet Paper Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> That's so great. In the cap, I saw. I was in the store and I saw that. and I was like, "Oh, we've got to do that." I mean, it's called Sweet Baby Jesus. Why would you not get it? Yeah, on the cap, craft be cherished, rules be damned. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> Wait, I'm a, I'm a big chocolate peanut butter guy. Anything Reese's is. Dude, if this thing is tastes like Reese's, in my beer, heart, like. I don't know what I'm gonna do if this thing tastes like Reese's and beer. I don't know if it's gonna taste like that. My wife did um, did have, have one tonight, mm-hmm. and uh, I just got a, a slight whiff of it, and it smelled pretty amazing. Not gonna lie. All right, so let's see here. Let's 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 look at the can. Let's let's see the can. Six point two alcohol by volume. Mm-hmm. Duke Claw Brewing Company in Baltimore, Maryland. So. This is our first brewery from Maryland. Yes, it is. Let's see here. It says, "Exclaim the name. Yeah. A classic full-bodied robust porter with a smooth dry finish and just enough hops to balance aromas and flavors of roasted malt, chocolate, and peanut butter so rich that just one sip and you will. Sweet baby Jesus. <laughs> Exclaim the name. So, <laughs> uh, it's really kind of a simple label. I like it. I like simple. Yeah. It doesn't really reveal anything about it. respect the fluid. What does that mean? I don't know. I saw that though. That feels like a sticker. No, drink responsibly. drink responsibly. Well, we're doing that. We, we're we do that every age. week. We don't drive. Duclaw.com. Since we started doing recordings remote, there's no consumption of alcohol and then somebody driving anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> true story. True story. We're both at, so, our, both at our homes. Dude, I'm not going to lie, let's crack this thing open, I'm ready to do this. let's (laughs) do it. I'm excited about this. How bad do you need a beer? Let's. (laughs) Very, very bad. (laughs) Okay. Today. Alright, so here we go. One, two, two, three. So last week we timed that and somehow we got it like exactly perfect. I know that was not That one is not going to be exactly perfect, I can tell you. I think I jumped the gun, my bad. Oh my, good, good oh good my. <laughs> okay, so, remember how I told you about that chocolate stout? Yeah, the yingling? So, no, 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 the one that I got. It's, oh uh, yeah, the that's, one right, that I that's right, that's right. So, the first time I had it, I drank it out of the bottle, and it did not taste that good. No, you always pour uh, up a, a stout or a porter. Well, I know that now. <laughs> but, so, I poured it into um, a glass the second time I had it, and I liked it, like, marginally a little bit more. Okay, so you weren't quite that as disappointed? No. But that one had a slight hint. It's also an organic beer, whatever that means. Everything so, should be organic beer. If you're not making organic beer, you're doing it wrong. So anyway, that's I'm looking at you. On the, it's, a, it's on the bottle in big <laughs> letters. Organic, so I don't know what that means. Okay. But this one, the sweet baby Jesus from Dewclaw, it, it smells it smells like straight up chocolate. Yeah it does. So I'm um, I'm really excited about this. So here we go. Let's pour I this thing let's, up. Let's pour it up. I love that a porter or a stout, the head on it is always that brown color. That's how you know it's going to be deep and dark. and This thing is transparent. No, opaque. That's the word. You can't see through <laughs> I it. What, I, I forgot words. It's opaque. Like I cannot see a thing no, through this. That is a good porter right there. I didn't have a big head on mine. I got issues over here. Ooh, mine's good. Well, um, I'm down a little bit too. All right, so, so here's the Duke Claw Brewing, sweet baby Jesus. <laughs> so every time I'm I go- say this, I'm gonna think Will Ferrell and Talladega Nights. That's what yes. I'm gonna think. <laughs> sweet dear Lord baby Jesus, dear six pound eight ounce infant baby <laughs> Jesus with your golden fleece diaper. <laughs> My favorite part of that is when his wife says, you know Jesus grew up, right? (laughs) Some of us just like infant Jesus. (laughs) All right, so here we go. Down the hatch. Sweet baby Jesus from Duke Claw Brewing Company. Down the hatch. Clink. That is... That is not what I expected. I don't know what you expected. I don't know what I expected either. But I t- all right. So the the thing that I have against most stouts and porters, key mm-hmm. example being Guinness. When you drink them, you almost feel like you're drinking like pudding. It's so thick that yeah. it just doesn't go down. What, for me? For me, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Okay, this does not do that. This goes down really easy. Yeah. And I really like it. Okay, so let's see if we can see if we can taste the chocolate or the peanut butter. I can definitely taste the chocolate. I cannot get the peanut butter yet though. I mean, I think maybe it's it's there just a hint. But I'm processing. I, but I can definitely <laughs> I can definitely do I can taste the chocolate and I can taste the beer all day. Yeah. And I kind of uh, like it. Is,
1: this is a good one.
0: <laughs> so, so as we've discussed, we're kind of disappointed that we're not going to be able to get the Yingling Hershey's. Come on, uh, Yingling, come through for us. Thing. I bet they probably need somebody to reach out to them. They're not just going to be like, you know what? Let's send here's two bozos down. <laughs> Here's some bozos who want this beer real bad. Let's just send it to them for, for nothing. <laughs> I'm willing to bet a hundred dollars that won't be the case. That would be so, that would be the easiest hundred dollars you ever put in your pocket. <laughs> I know, right? So, um, yeah, this is a good one. And again, I I don't know if it's just because I like beer or if I like this particular beer. Um, this is this is surprisingly. To me, this is not porter. Now, admittedly, I have not drank many porters, but the few that I have had, they just they're they're so thick going down that I typically don't rate them very high, or I don't like them that much. Dude, okay, so try taking a sip of it, but uh, inhaling before you swallow, so I get that smell of it, and then inhale and then swallow. There's the peanut butter, yeah. I can. I, I'm getting a little bit of it now. This is pretty good. Yeah, this is pretty good. You want me to, right, you want so, me to go first? Yeah, you, you go ahead. And go first. Go. On okay, a one to five, Luthers. On a one to what five, you, Luthers. What are you giving, Sweet Baby Jesus? Sweet Baby Jesus is going to earn. I'm. I'm gonna give this four and a half. Wow, okay. I'm going to give this four and a half. This is a surprisingly good beer to me. Like, I was... So, when I hear Porter... I was, ske- I was a little skeptical that you would like this one. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> when I hear Porter, I typically... Like, my mind immediately goes to, okay, this is going to be a three and a half or three beer. Like, uh, I've had Guinness before, and if I had to rate Guinness, I would give it a three. You know, I would give... um There was a Killian's Porter or Stout... That, that came out and I'm like you know I would give it maybe a three or three and a half so mm-hmm. that like that's the preconception I have in my mind that's the bias that I have this is this to me isn't like this is as good or possibly a little bit better than dragon's milk oh okay you know and that's the you know? that's the other porter that we kind of have on record mm-hmm. and, and, and that and that's kind of the one that is your standard that you keep coming back to yeah yeah, um, I like that one. I mean, I I think last episode, I think I downgraded it one half because I mm-hmm. didn't like. I drank a few more and I, and I just didn't enjoy it as much the second go yeah. around. I I think I could drink like six of these and still be like that's that's a four and a half all day. <laughs> yeah, uh, I will say this: this one is this one is. I agree with you. I think it's better than Dragon's Milk. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if. You know, looking back on everything, I don't know if maybe there are some we over-ranked. It's Because possible. we didn't have a lot do. We didn't have a, really a whole lot to think about. it. Like, episode two, we had Dragon's Milk. And at that point, we had all the beer we'd had before we started recording. Mm-hmm. Plus Southern Breton. Which is like Yingling and Budweiser. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe a few other ones. Yeah, there, there were very few. There was not much in our beer repertoire there. And now here we are, 16 in. 16 episodes into the of Survival podcast, and we're, we're, our, our ratings are, we're churning up on the ratings, we're, I think, we are up. is what we're, is what, it, we're, what I'm getting at here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna agree with you that this is gonna be a four and a half Luther for me. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a very, very solid beer. Very easy to go down. Taste is great. Um, I'm a little disappointed that mine didn't have as much, uh, head on it. I think that was just because maybe my glass wasn't as cold as it should have been, but is that, you don't know how to pour beer. That's possible. <laughs> Still learning. So, Hey, um, the, the hey, only no, way to learn is to do it. I know the website, the website says that it finishes smooth, dry and roasty. I get all three of yes, those. absolutely. And, um, Duclaw Brewers, this is a good start. Yeah. For our relationship, I'm just going to say that. <laughs> yeah. And when we tag you in our post that goes out on Friday mornings, make sure you like it. Yes. Most of the breweries have been liking the posts. I wish they'd share it or repost it or something. That's what I wish. Or I wish I they wish- would go listen to our podcast. Dude, I'm already like halfway done with this thing. This yeah, is really good. Mine is too. I had to I had to slow down. Were <laughs> <laughs> you feeling it a little bit? <laughs> just a, just a smidge, the edge the edge has of the day has been knocked off, I'll just say that. <laughs> That's good. So uh remember so thinking back like Gaelic Ale was like the three time winner of the mm-hmm. North Carolina beer competition or whatever? Yeah. This one is um, a great American beer festival. Bronze Medalist. Wow. I don't know what Great American Beer Fest... I don't know if that's like a nationwide thing. Dude, it's like G- Oh, it's like in, Co- it's in Colorado. G-A-B-F, bro. Yeah. <laughs> what else do they have? Purple Passion. That looks like fun. Mad Bishop. Dude, their Oktoberfest is called Mad Bishop. That's amazing. They have a bunch of sour ales. Mm-hmm. We're looking at the website now because that's kind of what we... That's just what we do. Lots of sour ales. Sweet Baby Java? Like That's a, a coffee. coffee? Yeah. I have chocolate I, peanut butter. Okay. More. I have never been strong enough to try a coffee beer. I'm a little hesitant to that because I'm pretty sure... That's the first step to alcoholism. <laughs> if you're gonna start drinking beers with coffee, you might as well just drink them first thing in the morning, dude. They have like a cream brulee brown ale, dude. Spruce Willis, UPKA mother. <laughs> That's amazing. Do they have all these like pastry based ones? Yeah, their names are kind of fun. Yeah, these are cool, man. Pastryarchy, the Pastryarchy. That's really funny troubles melt like lemon drops we're really just indulging on the names of this thing right now so you yeah. feel free to skip ahead in the beers yeah. and bible podcast to the next thing <laughs> to the section where we talk about jesus or whatever yeah hey this is good though i like i'm i'm surprised yeah when when i picked this one up and when i i so uh shows just kind of the different personalities of the two of us when Rick gets the beer. He just kind of leaves it in his truck and lets me come pick it up. Doesn't really tell me what I'm getting. <laughs> so after, but after I pick, I, so I picked this one up tonight, and I called him like I wasn't even out of the parking lot. Dude. I was like, "Hey man, here's what I got. I got this one and one other one." And I was really, I was very excited about yeah. this one. Um, if for no other reason than the name just itself. The name. Is- Sweet, Sweet big, baby Jesus, Jesus. <laughs> that's gonna be that's gonna be a good one. Um, so when I told you about it, I was like, mm, I don't know if uh, Rick's gonna Rick's gonna like that one too much. Okay. But four and a half out of you is hey, i t- t- that. T- might is t- well, hey that that is might as well be a five <laughs> for you for this one. <laughs> I think that's still I have think the not only way, a five. <laughs> I think the only way a beer is gonna get a five out of you is if a If it also comes with, like, a $10 bill. That would most definitely, like, I think even Mighty Banion would get a five if it came with a $10 bill. (laughs) So, Duke Club Brewing. Good job. Sweet Baby Jesus. Four and a half Luthers. Both of us. Yeah, from both of us. That's a solid four and a half out of five. I keep forgetting that maybe not everybody knows, like, when they hear four and a half and they're like, is that good? (laughs) Four and a half out of five. Yeah, four and a half out of five Luthers is a great rating there. So, And we're coming uh, out of October, the Reformation, Martin Luther, the Reformation. Yeah. Happy Reformation Day. It's the 502nd anniversary of the Reformation this year. We didn't talk about uh, that last week. Yeah, we felt that. T- <laughs> I'm surprised we didn't. Because it was like the yeah. day before, we recorded the day before uh, yeah. Reformation Day, yeah. a.k.a. Halloween. So, anyway. Two o'clock. Good job. Good job. And, we uh, like it. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to move on to Concise Theology Part 2. The knowledge of God, the Redeemer. God revealed as Redeemer. Okay, welcome back. We are here with Concise Theology. We are here with part two, the knowledge of God revealed as Redeemer, and tonight we're going to tackle the topics of the fall and original sin. Mm, that's deep stuff. It's going to be. And so all of this is going to lead to next week, we may only hit one topic next week where we talk about inability. And that is a always a fun topic because that is where you get into the discussion of do we have free will or do we not have free will?
1: When it, we start talking when, it about comes, when it
0: comes to following Jesus' free will. When it comes to salvation, yes. Because we have free will to do things, but most of I, most of the time our free will is preconditioned by the surroundings that we're in, but we'll get into that next week. So, let's talk about the fall. What Eve just happened? <laughs> totally screwed this up for us. Okay, it's you, all your fault, Eve. You can... <laughs> it's easy to blame Eve, and I get that, but also, and this is a weird phrase to use talking about like anything in the Bible, but I tend to play devil's advocate all the time. Oh, I do too. It's called being a contrarian. I don't know what that means, but okay. Contrary. But, I mean, like... You're contrary. You're always being like, contrary. Where was Adam? He was standing right behind her. Like... like being a doofus brain. At... There's no way Adam was like within hearing distance of what was going on. Oh, he absolutely was. I mean, right. I guess. All right, hang on. Look, Le- we're going to pull up the Bible. Oh, gosh. We're going to talk about the Bible. We're going to talk <laughs> the Bible on the Bible. What in the world are we doing? This is like, all right, so you go to Genesis 3, okay? okay hang on. Let me get it. All answer. right, here we go. <laughs> Read Genesis 3 right. The Temptation of the Fall. In case you can't tell, we're really highly organized here. Very. Very. All right. Go ahead. I'm going to skip over some of this. So the serpent there, blah, blah, blah. No, you won't die. Blah, 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 blah. So, all right. So this is verse six. The woman saw the tree, uh, saw that the tree was good for food and delightful to look at. First problem. And that it was desirable for obtaining wisdom. Second problem. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. She also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it. So, I've probably read this a hundred times. Usually on, like, January 3, when I'm like, I'm going to read through the Bible <laughs> in a whole year. <laughs> and then I, I never do. And I don't think I've ever caught that. Yeah. That she Adam was literally with her with when her, Eve just... took the fruit off the yeah. tree. Yeah. And now I agree with you. Adam was a doofus brain. <laughs> I mean, literally as dumb as you can possibly get. I mean, okay. So if your wife was standing there uh, in your front yard and she says, "I'm gonna run out in the street in front of this car," what are you gonna do? (laughs) I mean, I'd go out. I'd I'd stop her. That wasn't. (laughs) You're gonna gonna reach out and grab her and be like, "No, you're not doing that. I need you to help raise our children. You know, I love you." I'm. No, not Adam. He's like, sure, eat it. See what happens. You might die, I don't know. We'll find out. <laughs> I guess God will make me another one if you die. <laughs> I mean, so that's I mean, I guess that's, so, so 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 the so the question so the question still is, is that is Eve at fault? Oh, they're both at fault. But when you go to Romans five, the fault clearly lies with Adam. Yeah. Because Paul says in Romans five that in Adam all sinned. Yeah, he didn't say in so, Eve all sin. He didn't say in Eve all sin. So <clears throat> the the fault lies with Adam regardless of who ate the fruit first because the reality is Adam was not doing what he was supposed to do as the lover and protector of Eve. Right. When he allowed her to eat of the fruit. You know, that's, that's a, mm-hmm. you know it sounds like a stupid analogy. Your wife's going to run out on the road. What are you going to do? Well, of course you're going to stop her right because because you know that her running out in the road when the cars coming is going to at bare minimum very much injure her yeah but at maximum kill her yeah and, and you when, want to stop that well and you took an oath before God and man to do whatever it takes to protect and love and sacrifice for your wife yeah and then you get over so if you go back to Genesis 2 where they're uh they're getting all this these rules and stuff. Let me see if I can find it here. Man and woman in the garden. Uh the Lord took place. We're getting real organized here. It's not good for the man to be alone. So God creates the woman. this is why the man leaves his father and mother. Now the serpent. Uh so he he tells them. Don't eat of the tree. Yeah. Okay. And, 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 it, and he, he, it, he, he tells both of them. Yeah, and it's not that like there were a bunch of trees they couldn't touch. Yeah. There was like it was the one tree in the whole garden yes. that God said, Hey, don't eat from that tree. It wasn't even that they couldn't be near it or mm-hmm. even touch yeah. it or or sit under its shade or whatever, like God just told him, do not eat from this tree. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean. And, and yet, so here is, we are. This is 2, verse 16. Uh, and the Lord God commanded the man. So, Eve is not in the picture yet, I don't think. No, no, she's in the picture. But the Lord God commanded the man. He commanded you are free man. to eat from any tree of the garden. Any tree. Literally all of the trees. Except for this one. But you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for on the day you eat of it, you will certainly die. So, Adam knows that if Eve eats from this tree, she will certainly die. Yeah. Yet, yet he still lets her eat from it because he's an idiot. He's a doofus brain. <laughs> that's te- that's technical jargon for all you guys that don't know that. Yeah, the doofus brain is. Is official uh, Hebrew language. There. I was I was going to ask: Is that something that you learn in seminary? Yes, that's, okay. that's seminary language right there. Gotcha. Cool. Doofus brain. Doofus brain. But yeah, uh, so so we have the fall, and um, the fall is pinned to the person of Adam. Um, the fall is um, uh, the effects of the fall affect all of mankind, and and this is so. This is where a lot of people have an issue. With, with, uh, with the idea of the fall and something like original sin. Mm-hmm. Because we say, you know, original sin says that and we're going to bounce back and forth between these a little bit, but original sin says, you know, we're guilty because of Adam's sin. And, and that's based out of Romans 5. And, and what people say is, well, that's not fair because I'm guilty for something that I didn't do. Okay. So the analogy that I like to give and I and I pick this up from I, of all places I pick this up from a rap song. <laughs> okay. Um, a guy named Shylin who does he has an, an album called Lyrical Theology. Yeah, you've mentioned but him he, a couple of times and I still haven't listened to him. You should totally go listen to him. So so in one I think one of my I can't remember exactly how it goes, but the analogy is this. When when a uh, when you're playing football, okay? one of your offensive linemen jumps okay uh what do you you get a flag comes flying out you get a penalty for false start mm-hmm. do they penalize the person or do they penalize the team never thought about it that way they penalize the whole team now one guy doesn't have to move back five yards that's like oh, okay. football yards. real interesting <laughs> it would be really funny here's number 77 he's lined up five yards back of everybody else (laughs) no that's i mean but that's that's a good that's a great analogy the whole team has to take the penalty for the mess up of one person yeah and and they have to accept it they didn't do anything is it fair that that person that the wide receiver now has to back up five yards no it's not fair according to this argument but the reality is we accept it in in all other kinds of things. Yeah. You know? Another example that I'll give you. Um, let's say you have a family. And the dad decides, I don't want to pay the house note anymore. Do they just kick the dad out of the house and let the rest of the family still live there? No. No. <laughs> you, you, the whole family gets kicked out of the house. The bank forecloses on the house and... and the rest so, of the family pays for the problem that the dad created. So it's the decision of one affects more than just the one. Exactly. And, and that's, I mean, you see that example a lot in our everyday lives where our decisions or the decisions of certain individuals affect more, our our decisions affect more than just us. Yes. yes. And in the same way, Adam and Eve's decision to rebel against God Affected more than just Adam and Eve Yes Yeah and so So Packer hits on this So he has these like these kind of three bullet points Underneath Mm -hmm. the and the very first one Is God made the first man The representative for all his Posterity just as He was to make Jesus Christ the representative For all of God's elect So again you go back To the Romans 5 argument And in, in Romans 5 Paul Is saying you know Because of Adam, all have died. In Adam, all die. Mm -hmm. And then in Christ, all live. But it's all of those who are in Christ are the ones who live. Okay? It doesn't say all live in Christ. It says in Christ, all live. Right. right? So, because we're all descendants of Adam, because Adam is the first man, Mm -hmm. okay, we're not all descendants of Christ, Mm. only those who have confessed him are mm-hmm. descendants of Christ, yeah. But for those who have confessed Him, there is the redemption. There is grace. There is forgiveness. There is salvation. Mm-hmm. You know and that's why the Gospel of John repeats over and over and over again that that you know we have to be in Christ to right. to have that eternal life, to have the the promise, the gift of eternal life. Um. So you have you have, and this is. In, in theological circles, they call this the federal headship of Adam. So, Adam is the federal head of man, mankind, okay? Um, and Jesus is the federal head of all of those who are in Christ. And so, you end up with these two representative heads, and all of the benefits or consequences of those federal heads are... are Spewed. I don't want to say spewed. That's not the right term. That's not the right word. But distributed downward mm-hmm. to all of those who are in that group. Okay. So we're all in Adam's group just simply by the fact that we're human, right? But we're in Christ by the fact that we have confessed Christ and admitted that He is the Lord of our life and are living our lives accordingly. Gotcha. Does that makes sense. Yeah. So. So yeah, so there's that's that's kind of like the the starting point of the fall. Um, give us give us that point B that Packer brings out. Okay. Um, so the next point is that God set the first man in a state of happiness and promised to continue this to him and his posterity after him, if and if is a big big, big thing. word. Yeah, if he showed fidelity by a course of perfect positive obedience and specifically by not eating from a tree <laughs> described as the knowledge as the tree of the knowledge of good and evil um if there was ever a time when you could say you had one job <laughs> exactly <laughs> you think of all the ones where like like uh, road lines are painted crooked or over yeah. debris or whatever At yeah. a, you had one job yeah <laughs> It was to is to keep it was to not eat from the tree and also to keep your wife and any descendants from not eating from the tree. But think but thinking about it, like Adam and Eve literally walked in the garden with God and yeah. they still ate from the tree that God told oh, them not yeah. to eat from. And, Eventually and somebody would have eaten from the tree. Well, here's the reality. So Adam and Eve get a bad rap because they're the ones that messed it up. Okay. They were the only two on earth. It's true. They're, they're, but, they didn't even have kids yet. But the reality is, if you or me were there, we'd have done the same thing. hmm We'd have done the same thing. Yeah. So, um, don't get, get go ahead and get off your high horse. They yeah. You were better than Adam. Go ahead and get off your high horse. You're no better than Adam. You would have done the same thing. Exactly. There, you know? there's, there's no reason for us to believe that if it weren't for Adam, we'd live in a perfect paradise now. Yeah, no. That's, so, that's just, because I know yeah. my nature, and, I mean, I know that because of Adam's sin, all sins, but at the same time, I find it hard to believe that no one at any point in the history of ever, mm-hmm. of course you could argue that Adam and Eve would never have needed to have children because they were in perfect communion with God, so if they hadn't eaten from the tree, I don't know how that works, and my brain just melted. (laughs) (laughs) So, um. But yeah, so 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 you have. Go go ahead. ahead. No, you go ahead. All right. So you have. No, no, I go heavy. No, you go ahead. (laughs) What are we doing? Who's going ahead? (laughs) We need a. We need organization. (laughs) No, we don't. It would be bad if we did that. If we tried to organize, this would be terrible. This is the disorganized episode of the Beers and Bible Podcast. <laughs> A.K.A. every episode of the Beers and Bible Podcast. That's not true. We were organized there for like four episodes. Yeah, like a week. <laughs> anyway, so go ahead. And then All I'll right. I'll try to remember my thought unless you... Okay. I'll probably forget about it. But anyway, so we have Adam and Eve. And, and Eve is deceived by the serpent. Mm-hmm. And Adam is there with her. So the reality of the situation is Eve led Adam, but it should have been the other way around. It should have been Adam leading Eve. Right. And so, like, that's what reminds me of of verses like Ephesians 5, where it says, you know, we always talk about, or as guys, we always like to talk about women being submissive to us as, as wives. You know, the wives are submissive to the husbands. But we forget about the, the very next, like, Six verses. Yeah, that's like, like one verse in Ephesians yeah, five, and then where Paul like, spends most of the rest of the chapter <laughs> saying, "Hey, husbands, don't be doofus brains. <laughs> yeah, don't be doofus brains. You, Adam, Adam's already screwed this up for you. Don't keep doing what he did. Yeah. You know, you have to love your wives as Christ loved the church. Christ came and he was the example, and he loved the church, and he gave himself up for the church, and he served the church. And I mean, you look at all of the things that Christ exampled and that Christ represented." And you say, okay, submission for a woman would be easy. And now, now, now don't get me, don't hear what I'm saying. It's not about woman do what I say. That's not what submission is. Mm -hmm. Submission is, I'm going to submit to the leadership of my husband. If he says, this is what I feel God is doing, because of the way he loves me, because of the way he serves me, because of the way he gives his life for me, because of the way he does this, and this, and this, all of this laundry list of things, I have no problem following his leadership. Right. You know, you think of a, you think of a good boss that you've ha- ever had, if you've worked at a job where you have a really good boss, mm-hmm. you don't have any problem following a boss who you know is going to make wise decisions who you know has thought about the decisions that he has made for the business, who's saying, you know what, I think about you when I think about this business because you're the person who makes this business run. Mm -hmm. You're the person who's doing the the work, and so I want to do everything I can to make your job as easy as I possibly can as good as I possibly can because that's what makes my life better. And so this is not a submission of do what I say, woman, and go get me a sandwich and some chips. That's not what submission is. Submission says, because of the way that he loves me, Mm -hmm. I have no problem submitting to his leadership and his authority Mm -hmm. in our house. Yeah. You know, and, 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 and I, you know, I hear a lot of guys bring this up and they're like, you know, the woman should submit, the woman should submit. No, you should love. Yeah. And if you love properly, then she will have no problem. Yeah. Following and, your leadership. Yeah. I think it's hard for us as guys to remember, like, so, yes, you know, guys who use the argument, like, the woman should submit. The woman should should submit if the man is submitting to the leadership of Jesus. Yeah. Like, if the man isn't submitting to the leadership of Jesus, then the wife has no reason to submit to his leadership. Yeah. If he's not leading his family and his household to, to love Jesus and to serve Jesus... To be more like Jesus, then the woman, there, there's no uh, requirement for the woman to to submit to the leadership of her husband in that situation. Well, I mean, you could you could argue that she still should because I mean, you could go to like First Peter and say that you know, for a woman who is who is in a bad marriage, um, her example of Christ is what's going to win her husband, is what Peter says but i think i you know and even today i think there there, that has to be taken with a grain of salt and i want to say that very very conservatively Mm -hmm. um you know in no way do i would i ever support a woman staying in the house with a man who is physically abusing her absolutely not never Mm -hmm. in any situation you get that woman to safety immediately um but but in a situation where maybe he's not the spiritual leader that he needs to be, but he's not abusive verbally. He's not abusive physically. He's not, you know, he's just not a quote leader the sure. way we would the way we'd think of a leader. And yeah. so, you know, that's why that's why Peter says, you know, by your example you want to try to win him to Christ. You want to show him how you can okay. continue to submit to them. Even though you may not necessarily agree, you know oh I, you know I don't think I would do it that way, or you didn't really show me the the, the love that, that I think you need to show me in this situation mm-hmm. but but in in turn, I'm still going to love you, and I'm still going to go where you lead us because we are in this covenant relationship of marriage okay and and hear me, that is a very, very rare caveat. Um, most of the time when you're in a relationship where the husband is not leading, it's because he is physically abusive or verbally abusive or a combination of both. Mm. Um, and in, in each of those instances, I say, you know, absolutely. The woman has to get out of that. Mm -hmm. It's not that she, it's not that she should submit to that and, and just take it. It's that she she should get out of that situation, do whatever she has to do, call authorities, call, you know, friends, call loved ones, whatever she has to do to get out of that situation um, so that she's not put through that because the reality of that situation is she's not being treated as a person who is created in the image of God, who is bearing the image of God, and she needs to be, she needs to be removed from that situation. Mm-hmm. So... So that's a that's kind of a long diatribe on, on that, that yeah. right there. But Tracking with but but the reality of going back to Adam and Eve is that Adam was the one who was not leading properly, and so Eve fell into sin because of the the problem because of Adam. Right. And so you I mean you can make the argument that Adam is actually the one who sinned first by not leading spiritually. The way that he should have been leading, um, and 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 that's what led to, uh, that's what led to Eve, yeah, e- eating the fruit, you know. Yeah, um, it's part of me wonders if like Adam, so Packer kind of goes into it. He says that, uh. Seems that the tree bore its name because the issue was whether Adam would let God tell him what was good and bad for him, Mm -hmm. or if he would seek to decide that for himself in disregard of what God has said. So I'm kind of wondering if Adam knew that God had said, this is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, don't touch it, and then Adam was like, I wonder what happens when you touch it, hey Eve, (laughs) or like when the serpent comes up and says, hey Eve, you know. As did I really say? Yeah. You really say that? He's just trying to keep stuff from you. I wonder if Adam was like, yeah, sure. Like, yeah, we'll see what happens. And then when she yeah. touched it, nothing happened. He was like, Oh, okay. I guess it's okay to touch. What, you know what the, you know what Genesis doesn't go into? How many other trees were there? I mean, there was enough for him to say, don't touch that one. I, mean, yeah, but, uh, but, I but I'm wondering if it was like here, the tree in the center. And then there's like, tr- like a tree in the corner That that's the tree you're going <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm ju- I'm, you go to. I'm just being goofy or whatever. I, but. Know, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it was a garden. How and many it was garden, a, a large garden. But how many gardens have trees? Well, all right. You, so you're thinking about like a garden that, that you have in your yard that has nothing but little flowers in it. No, I'm thinking about a garden where like you. I'm thinking of like a farm where you grow produce garden. Like, yeah. when I think Garden of Eden, that's what I think. With, okay. like, rows of, like, fruits and vegetables and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But I guess a lot of fruit grows on trees, so... It does. I mean, I you just, I just talked myself out of my own arguments. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So. How, how many stuff grows on trees? A lot of stuff grows on trees. So, anyway. But, but anyway, so the fall, the fall leaves us in this state where we are as people today, which is the state of original sin, mm-hmm. which means that we are guilty from birth. We are, you know, um, I think of like Psalm, uh, he mentions it, Psalm 51, where, you know, surely, uh, in sin, I was conceived and, you know, in sin, my mother conceived me. So mm-hmm. or I was born in sin and sin my mother conceived me. I love his language there. He says, uh, original sin, depravity infects everyone. Yes. Yes. and and that he doesn't pull any punches that means even if you like believers or not you're depraved yes we're all depraved we all have to have the regeneration of the Holy Spirit the regeneration that comes from the Holy Spirit otherwise and we'll talk about this next week we are unable to recognize our sin Mm. you know and, and and this is where so this is where sin really kind of rubber hits the road um, I love the way that that Packer the 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 first line. of like these first two paragraphs. So the first one says, "Sin diagnosis or scripture diagnoses sin as universal deformity of human nature found at every point in every person." Mm. And then you skip down a little bit and it says, "Sin may be comprehensively defined as a lack of conformity to to the law of God in act, habit, attitude, outlook." disposition motivation and mode of existence so that (laughs) so basically if you've ever had a bad attitude (laughs) yeah well uh, so so here's what i think of like i think of the first question of the westminster catechism so the westminster catechism says the larger catechism says uh what is the chief and highest end of man the chief and highest end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. So if you're not glorifying God, then you're then what you're doing is sin. Mm. Okay? So let's put this into perspective. Um let's say that you have the opportunity to I don't know, deliver humanitarian aid to people in a third world country. Okay. okay? Man, that is a great opportunity. You go down and you deliver aid in a third world country and you think to yourself, what a great person I am for delivering aid to a third world country. You know, I have done this. This is a great deed. I have helped people. I am such a great person for doing this. That is a sin. Mm. Not, Not what you did. But your attitude and Your thought. attitude and thought and doing it. Because you're not giving glory to God in that action. Mm. That is what the sin is. And that's what, you know, You know, I, we always try to think of sin as, oh, sin is killing someone or stabbing someone or stealing something. Or, you know, that's what we think of as sin, lying to your parents. You know, when your wife says, does this, you know, does these, do these pants make my butt look big? And you say, no. You know, <laughs> that's what's, that's what we think sin is. Mm-hmm. No, sin can have, sin can be a very good deed. Helping an old lady across the street could be a sin if you're not doing it to the glory of God. Right. Um, I, I come back to this, the idea I've read in, those, in this book uh, by Larry Crabb. I think I mentioned it before, but it's the, you know, letting second things become first things. Yeah. You know, like. Things that are good, like spending time with your family or spending time with your wife or work or or whatever, if the motivation behind any of that is anything other than glorifying God, then even a very good thing is a sin. Yes, exactly. Things that we would define as human beings, things that we would define as good things. Mm -hmm. And if we saw somebody doing them, we would say, oh, that's a good person. Yeah. You know? Oh, man, he helps people across the street. He delivers humanitarian aid. They do this. They, you know, we, we listen. And that's the thing is we tend to define people by what they do. Yeah. And then label them as either good or bad by what they do. Mm-hmm. Whereas God looks at the heart of man and says, no, you're evil and rotten to the core. Yeah, You know, <clears throat> that's why Paul says in Romans 3, there is no one good. No, no yeah. one. There's no one who seeks God, no one who does good, and that's pretty—that's pretty heavy stuff coming from Paul. Yeah, the guy who killed Christians. You no, know, I'm saying <laughs> like he killed Christians, but at that point when he wrote that, he was writing and preaching, or not preaching, but teaching and leading other church, leading churches, and yeah, but like he had completely, he had done a complete 180, and even he was able to say, you know what? I'm not even good yeah even in, in my current state, I'm not even good well I mean even Paul makes the argument that he was the best Jew of all the Jews. so if there's anybody who was defined as good in according to the law and according to the rules and according, you know Paul was a Pharisee and mm-hmm. so so he he is the definition by religious standards. he is the definition of good. If you're looking at like a textbook definition. Yeah. Not, yeah, not what not what God defines as good, exactly. but
1: exactly. what
0: like the what like the dictionary definition of good yeah. would be. Paul Paul is the definition of good. But in his even in his what he perceived as goodness, Christ still blinds him on the Damascus road and says, Why are you persecuting me? Mm. You know? And and he and and he has the radical transformation, and 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 comes to this this idea that hey, you know even at my best I'm still not good. Yeah, even on a oh, good day. I'm still even good. at even at like the greatest. That that's the thing. Even at our absolute greatest, like if if we dotted all the i's crossed all the t's, live like like it's still not good. Exactly, filthy rags. It says yeah. filthy rags. Our righteous, our own personal righteousness is as filthy rags. Yeah, that's why we need the righteousness of Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we and we have the righteousness of Christ imputed to us when we confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord mm-hmm. and repent and turn from our sins. You know that doesn't mean we're perfect, but it means we have the imputed righteousness of Christ that says. And 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 the num- and the, this is what I always tell people the number one way to know if you have the imputed righteousness of Christ is, hey, when you did that and it didn't glorify God, did it bug you? Did mm. it bother you? Yeah, that's the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, that's a pretty good sign. <laughs> yeah, you know, mm-hmm. and so, but because of original sin, we we have a distorted view of humanity. We have a distorted and twisted view of what we think is good you know yeah we think we think something is good if it helps another person well if that person helps another person in order to to make this other guy jealous you know that's not that's not a, a good intention to do that we wouldn't call that a good act at that now if our if, if our <laughs> motives are anything other than glorifying glorify god. god and even not 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 the motives that we say with our mouths, but the motives within our hearts. Yeah. Because God knows the heart. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, if our motive, or if our true motives are anything other than glorifying God, whatever that deed may be, it's a, it could possibly be sin. Yeah. We still have an issue. Yep. And that's where, so that's where you get to, from original sin, you walk to the idea of, and we're going to talk about this a little bit more next week, but you walk to the idea of total depravity. Mm-hmm. And that's where, you know, if you're going to say something is totally depraved, then then it has to be a comprehensive, complete, and total depravity affecting every part. Yeah. And if it doesn't affect every part, then it's not a total depravity. It's just a Meh, mediocre depravity. You know, you're partially depraved. Yeah. And so, so we... We, when we say that we are totally depraved, we say that there's nothing good within us that wants to seek after God, that God has to impute to us, he has to mm. give to us yeah. the ability to seek after him. Yeah, there's, there's nothing on our own that even really desires to know Jesus without the Holy Spirit revealing, it to, revealing yeah. our need for him to exactly. us. Exactly, exactly. And so, so, when you have this idea of total depravity, when you have this idea of, of total inability, you say, okay, there's nothing that we can do to earn God's favor, no matter mm-hmm. what we do, and that's that's where the key verse of like Ephesians 2.8 comes in, for it is by grace you, have, you you have been saved, it's not of your own works, mm-hmm. so that you can't boast, for the purpose of you being able to boast in anything, you know? If And I always heard preachers uh, growing up, I always heard preachers say, you know, God's done the 99%. You just have to do the 1%. Well, if 1% of my salvation relies on me, then I'm 100% lost. Yeah, You know, 100% of my salvation has to come from God. If 100% doesn't come from God, if 1% of it comes from me, then then I'm still 100% lost because I'm relying on something else. Even 1% of me that's good, even 1% of me that says, I can do this, you know, and if, if 1% of me says that, then, you know, the other 99% is going to go off off the rails with me. Yeah, it's amazing what the 1% can do. Yeah. You could be a saint and have the 1%, Yeah, you know, the little 1% of evil and it morphs into something much bigger than that. Exactly. Or not... Now, Packer says we're not sinners because we sin, we sin because we're sinners. Exactly, yeah. So the it's, root of us is sinners. Yeah. And, and that's, until we until we realize our need for Jesus, that's what drives us. But after we accept Jesus, we're still slaves to our sin. Yeah. Well, no, we're not slaves to we're our not, sin. We're not slaves to it, but we still struggle with it. Still struggle with it, yeah. Yeah, until we're glorified. And that's, you know, that's what the process of sanctification looks like is, is you coming from this, you're a slave to sin, but then your chains are broken. You're, you're, but you're even, you're so much, you were in so much bondage to sin that you still have tendencies toward that. Mm. You still have to fight that fleshly desire to say, you know, Oh, I'm going to go back to the way that I was. I mean, I, I think about it like like drug addicts. When somebody's coming off of drugs, the majority of the time, like even if they go to a rehab, like you don't just cold turkey them off of the drug. You know, they that could and, do and, more harm than good. Yeah, and so they have they have these like synthetic versions, and and I don't know all the details about this, but they they basically slowly kind of weaned them off of this drug, mm. but they put them in a situation where they can't have access to it anymore because they know that their body is going to, to do anything that it can to, to get more of whatever drug they're addicted to, mm. yeah. you know, no matter what it is, you know, whether it's painkillers or meth, you know, their bodies their body's going to want more of this. I think C.S. Lewis in the Screwtape Letters called it um, an ever, what did he call it, an ever-increasing pleasure for an ever diminishing, I can't remember exactly what he called it, but it's basically the, the concept is the more we feed our, you know, our desires, the more and more it takes to satisfy us. Um, I wrote it down here somewhere. Hang on. Cut this I got it. I got it. Hang on. It's in the screw tape. I'm pulling, the screw tape. I'm pulling it up, I'm pulling it up. Um he calls it an ever increasing craving for an ever diminishing pleasure. Yep. That's what it is. And and so you crave this more and more and more, and that's that's what the addiction to drugs and that's what the addiction to sin is. Yeah. You know, you, you get this good feeling from sin, even though it's bad, you get this good feeling from sin, mm-hmm. then you have to be you have to be broken of that desire for that good feeling of sin. Yeah. And that's what Christ is. That's what Christ provides is he, he provides the break in that. And then you have to wean yourself off of that through sanctification. And at the end of your sanctification is the end of your life. And then you go into glorification. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. I don't know if I have anything else to add on that. One. What you got? Uh, I think that's, I think we've, <laughs> I think we've covered that one pretty, pretty well, pretty well. Um, you know, it's it, an original sin. Original sin is a hard hard thing for us to accept because we don't want to think of ourselves as bad people. You know, if you just I, if you ask somebody to describe them, describe yourself, you say, "Oh, I'm a good person. I do good things. I do this," you know. So we don't like to think of ourselves yeah. as, you know, depraved people. I don't I don't know if it has so much to do with Wanting to think of yourself as a bad person, I just think, like, the idea of, like, we're born with sin. Yes. So, your children, when they were born, were born sinners. Yeah. You didn't have to, you know, you hear preachers say all the time, I didn't have to teach my kids how to lie, you know? That's because they're sinners. (laughs) Because they're sinners. Like, their kids are going to, to lie and... And, mm-hmm. and you know whatever so um i think i think that's the part that that we struggle with i think it's something that we're a lot of people are we think you know i learned how to sin or i you know i, I mean i don't remember ever sitting down and having a class online you know Here, here's how you sin yeah sin 101 <laughs> yeah and and just you know over the course of your life, your sins just change. When you're six, it's lying. When you're, you know, when it's when you're fifteen, sixteen, you're disobeying your parents. When it's yeah. thirty, it's you know whatever it is. So, um, I don't know the uh, the whole the whole idea that all of humanity born with is born as a sinner in need of a mm. savior it's just a hard thing for a lot of people to grasp I think. Yeah, it is because because we want to be, we want to solve our own problems. Yeah. You know, we want to be autonomous beings. We want yeah. to be the rulers of our own domain. You know, I think what, uh, was the, I'm the captain of my ship. I'm the master of my soul. I can't remember the uh, who that is. Yeah, it's know. a famous poem. Um, you know, but we want to be that. Yeah. But the reality is that we're not that and we yeah. can't ever be that. Packer called that a spirit of fighting God in order to play God. Yes, exactly. And, and you know, any time we choose sin over Jesus, we are saying, "I know what's f- better for me than you do." Mm-hmm. And and in this moment, I'm choosing to to be you and s- yeah. to be God instead of submitting to your law so exactly and that one that's why calvin called our hearts perpetual idol factories yeah you know that's why that's our, why i said that our idols are ever evolving ever changing yeah and you know they're again they're different when you're 10 than when you're 30 or 40 or yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever so but so there you go that's that's a good discussion to to start part two Part, Part two: concise theology. The fall and original sin. Next week we'll dive into the concept of inability. It'll be that'll be super fun. <laughs> it'll be something. So sweet, baby Jesus was still good. Yeah. Are you done? I'm done, dude. That thing was gone a long time ago. Yeah, mine's mine's gone too. <laughs> I'm gonna have another one tomorrow night too. I can't great. I can't wait for um for mine to get all the way cold. I think it'll be even better when it's like nice and frosty cold. Yes yes I'll have to tell you where I got this one dude because I want to go get that one again that's pretty good and they might they may have it on our regular place but I did not go there so okay anyway find it uh, have a good week yeah peace Duclaw great job peace out yeah they did. Is that your, that's your line <laughs> that's my line I don't, I, it felt like we were ending there I don't know <laughs> I don't know what we're doing yeah we uh, hey so. no we haven't we haven't told people where to find us if they don't know by now on the internet <laughs> Instagram beersandbible underscore Twitter beersandbiblep1 email beersandbiblepodcast at gmail.com we still have gotten zero emails to our somebody, somebody to just our... send us a sympathy email please yes somebody <laughs> Benny we know you're out there send us a sympathy <laughs> please Benny send us something something or any of the other like 15 people we have listening right now there you go so, so until next week, keep your beer cold, keep your mugs frosted, and we'll see you later. Peace out. If
1: you enjoy what you hear on Beers and Bible, please consider leaving a five-star rating and review on your podcast platform to help us promote this podcast.